0: You are listening to the small town hoopers podcast where we will talk everything basketball nba ncaa high school local rec leagues if it involves basketball i will discuss it i am your host ben and the episode starts now welcome back hoopers this is episode four of the small town hoopers podcast on this episode we're going to discuss carmelo anthony and his importance to the league we're going to talk about the nba trade deadline that's coming up We're also going to talk about the NBA All-Star Game voting. And finally, we're going to talk about LeBron versus Kawhi. All that and more on Episode 4 of the Small Town Hoopers Podcast. Episode 4 of the Small Town Hoopers Podcast. Welcome back. We are in 2020 now. The old is behind us. And we look forward to a new year. We look forward to seeing some amazing stuff on the basketball court and we hoop we watch hoops we play hoops is what we do so 2020 is going to be the year for the just go hoop movement this year go out and hoop that's how i want to start off this year 2020 go out and hoop just go hoop so without further ado let's get into it carmelo anthony a lot to think about when it comes to carmelo anthony um I saw the game winner that he hit the other day against Toronto and it made me think it made me think about the old mellow the pull up from 30 feet out in the garden mellow the pull up mid-range in Denver mellow. That's what it looked like. That's what it felt like watching Carmelo play over these past couple of games and it's been beautiful to see the love that he's been getting around the league uh, him playing well. It's just great to see Carmelo back in the league playing. Uh, I want to start off by saying that first. Now, before I get into my critiques about Melo, I want to start by just giving him praise. Coming back into the league, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect from him, but he's been playing very well. In that game against Toronto, when he did hit the game winner, he finished with 27, I want to say. Just consistent, man, hitting his jump shots, picking his spots, not doing too much, playing within the offense, getting to his spots and you like to see that from a vet like Carmelo who can still stroke it. He can still shoot the ball with the best of them. And from watching some of these Portland games, it seems like Carmelo is doing what he does best. Um, He still stops the ball when he has it. Uh, When he's in the post, it's somewhat of a black hole, but he's able to get a shot off. And I think that's what Portland signed up for I mean you know what you're gonna get when you get Carmelo Anthony um you just have to figure out if that's gonna work with the other two scores that they have and right now they've kind of taken some steps back I'm not saying it's all because of Melo but Melo's presence does he does demand the ball and from watching some of these games it's clear that the players have a lot of respect for Carmelo because when he has the ball in the post They let him do his thing because they know that's when he's most effective. I'm not sure if that's the best fit for the team, per se. But you can see that they respect him and they're going to give him his opportunities and they're going to let him do what he does on the offensive side of the ball. And from what I've seen, it's kind of taken away from C.J. McCollum's game, from Damian Lillard's game, and you could see it in their record right now. They are 16-22. and 22. And coming off of last season, it just seemed that they'd be way further ahead. And to be completely honest, I think Portland took a step back, a major step back, signing Hassan Whiteside. He just doesn't give that energy. Of course, he's just massive, so he's going to give you your 14 points and your 14-plus rebounds a game. But he just lacks that intensity consistently. And Miles Leonard for them was really good for them. He was really good. He played his role and he just gave him a lot of energy. And you see that he's giving that energy to Miami and they're third in the East right now. So that Hassan Whiteside really kind of crippled them in a a sense. Damian Lillard isn't playing his best basketball right now. CJ McCollum has been inconsistent. And the bright spot is Melo has been balling. He's averaging 16 and a half points per game, six rebounds. He's doing what he can. Um, it's just when Melo has the ball, it's like everywhere he's been, it's a black hole. He's going to wind the shot clock down and he's going to get to his spot, and you got to live and die with it. And Portland just has so much respect for him that they're not going to try to rock the boat, even if it means them losing a couple games. I do think that they're going to come together. Uh, It's just going to take some time. Carmelo Anthony is still a talented player, and he's going to find ways to do what he does best. And a couple of months ago, I wrote an article on Small Town Hoopers' uh, website, excuse me, smalltownhoopers.com if you want to go check it out. It's called The Aging Superstar Ego. And I spoke about how, even in the offseason, Carmelo Anthony was kind of shunned by a lot of teams. It was either... Teams weren't ready to acquiesce to his, I don't want to say demands, but you know what comes with Carmelo Anthony. And initially, in my mind, it was never about talent. It was never about talent with Carmelo Anthony because we all know what he's capable of on the offensive end. He's one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen in this game, without a doubt. And it's, it was never about his talent or his ability. It's about the mentality It was always about the mentality because when you're a 10-time All-Star and you've been the guy on the team for a long time and teams are going to need you to kind of acquiesce to their needs for the benefit of the team. And all the reports that I've heard leading up to him getting signed was He wasn't trying to come off the bench for anybody. He was trying to start right away. He was trying to make it to where he was the main guy. And history has shown us that when Melo is the main guy on a team, they can't win a championship behind him. So all of those factors combined, it's just one of those things where I wasn't sure if he would get a chance with a team. For those reasons alone, it was never because of his talent. We all know that there's not, there's not that many players that are coming off NBA benches that are better than Carmelo Anthony. And there was also the dilemma for coaches. How are you going to have someone that talented just ride the bench for you? Because you may have a team that is functioning very well. And if you add a Carmelo to that, that can mix up and kind of disrupt the the chemistry that you have already, that could be an issue for Carmelo. And the last thing we want to see is Carmelo just ride the bench, especially with his ability. So I can see how some coaches could come to that dilemma of not wanting to rock the boat with their chemistry, but having this so much this talented player on on the bench. I understand it, and it's a tough pill to swallow for some teams. I'm just glad he was able to find a spot and get some playing time. It's been cool. It's been great to see Melo hit that Hezzy pull-up, hit his open threes, his post-up fadeaways. That's what we miss from Melo, and that's why you got to treat your legends great. You got to treat your legends good, and it's good to see Melo back in the league playing. I love to see it, and I hope – that Portland can make a playoff run or playoff push towards the end of the season because I would love to see him in the playoff setting especially in the Western Conference and while Melo may not get the D-Wade Kobe Bryant farewell tour treatment I do think that he should be respected and he should be treated well in every arena just because of what he's contributed to the game Carmelo, like I said earlier, is one of the best scorers that we've ever seen in this game. He's had some of the most unstoppable pull-up jumpers that we've seen in this game. His scoring ability since he was a rookie in the league is something to be commended and respected. And the fact that he was out of the league for, I want to say, a year and a half, and you just saw the void we needed Melo in the game and some people kind of discredited him because of his mentality and didn't think that he could play but if you watch basketball and you know basketball you know this man is a walking bucket you know that when it comes down to it his jumper is a lot better than a lot of players in this league and Melo's always going to pass that eye test for me he's always he's just a bucket His jumper is probably one of the smoother jumpers that we've seen in this game. And I'm just happy to see him just back playing. And it would have been unfortunate if his career ended the way it did last season. I'm just happy that he's able to play. And when you're a hooper and you see someone's talent and ability, you hate to just see it go to waste. And I'm glad Melo's back in the league for sure. So off of uh, Carmelo Anthony... I want to take some time and discuss the NBA trade deadline that's coming up. The trade deadline itself is February 6th. It's a Thursday, Thursday, February 6th. And there are some players, some interesting players that are going to be discussed and talked about over the next uh, month. And my first player that I want to discuss at the trade deadline is Kevin Love. I feel bad for Kevin Love, honestly. He looks miserable in Cleveland I'd be miserable too you just came off of four years straight going to the finals with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and then LeBron leaves Kyrie leaves and this is you in cold Cleveland with Tristan Thompson (laughs) Larry Nance Jr. Colin Sexton (laughs) I would want to get the fuck out of there. I'd leave too. I'd throw a temper tantrum too. There was one game where he just looked frustrated. He just looked completely frustrated. He took the ball. (laughs) He was walking down. It was close to halftime. He was walking down. You could just see the anger in his walk. (laughs) You could just see the anger in his walk. He's just frustrated. He looks at Colin Sexton like, what are you doing? He says, give me the ball. He gets the ball and throws a bullet to Osman. And you get to see right then and there, he's fed up with this team. (laughs) He is fed up with the city of Cleveland. He's fed up with the Cleveland Browns. He's fed up with the Cleveland Indians. He's fed up with that entire city. And I do not blame him. That city, they're losers. (laughs) They don't win. If, If they don't got LeBron, they don't win. So I get it. I see Kevin Love wanting to get up out of there, and I do not blame him one bit. Not one bit. I don't blame him. Now, as far as teams that could use a, the services of a Kevin Love, let's see. I think Golden State could use him. Add another big. Once Steph and Clay come back, add a Kevin Love. That could that could do some things. I could see a team like Utah. You put him with you put him with Rudy Gobert. That's a strong one-two punch. Along with uh, Donovan Mitchell, they could do some things. And then there's some other teams. I was, I was looking at two possible contenders. I mean, Golden State, not this year, but next year. You add Kevin Love, that could make some noise. Um, another player that I think is going to be big uh, at the trade deadline is Andre Drummond. He is a quality big. He's going to give you your rebounds. He's going to give you work on the defensive end. And he's just a big body. And any team that needs a big, they're going to request his services. I think Detroit looks to move him. And I can see them looking to move Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has been playing very well. And his stock is rising. And if you're going to trade him, you could get a lot of value for him right now because he's playing very well. So watch out for Detroit. And watch out for those two players. Wherever they go, I think those teams are instantly better. They're instantly better if you add a Andre Drummond or a Derrick Rose to your team. And another player that I look for at the trade deadline is Kyle Kuzma. Lakers need to get rid of Kyle Kuzma. Either Kyle Kuzma or John Rondo. One of those two. Uh, Kuzma fucked up when he made the comments about LeBron on Twitter. I could see that and that reason alone getting him moved out of L.A. I mean, he's been playing relatively better. But if the Lakers are going to win and if they're going to beat a team like the Clippers, they got to either get more production from him or trade him. That's that's how I see it for the Lakers. Kyle Kuzma has underperformed this year. I know he's been injured, but the Lakers are. I expected him to play way better with this Lakers team. He's going to he's gotten his opportunities. It just seems that he's hasn't been playing well. Uh Rajon Rondo's another one. Uh I'm not sure if he's a good fit when LeBron's on the floor. Uh Rondo is getting better shooting, but you need to surround LeBron with shooters uh to be successful. And I don't think Rondo's going to cut it. I could actually see uh, Derrick Rose going to the Lakers. I think that would be a good fit. Someone else that could handle the ball, get his own shot. Uh, I trust Derrick Rose shooting uh, threes way more than Rajon Rondo. So that could be another option. Um, another player that I think is going to attract a lot of attention from a bunch of contenders is Andre Iguodala. He's currently signed with Memphis, but he's not playing for them. I think he's just looking for a buyout. And Andre Iguodala would be a huge addition for three teams in particular. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Those are the three teams that I see him going to. Because they are contenders right now. And Andre Iguodala's veteran presence and his championship experience would add tremendous value to all three of those teams. And if I'm one of those three teams, I'm calling him Immediately, I'm looking to trade him, trade for him or acquire him in some type of way. If you're the Lakers, you give up Kuzma for Andre Iguodala. You make that happen. You try to find a way. If you're the Clippers, I'm not sure what you give up in particular, but you try to make some calls to get him. And if you are Milwaukee, Giannis could use a player like that. It'll take some stress away from him on the defensive end because Andre Iguodala is an elite defender, I think that he's probably the biggest biggest guy to go after if you're a contender. And my last under-the-radar kind of player that you can see make some noise at the trade deadline is Marcus Morris from the New York Knicks. New York Knicks aren't going anywhere. Uh, New York Knicks are terrible. They are garbage. They are trash right now. And I think a player like Marcus Morris would benefit way better on a team that's making a playoff push or a contender just because he's consistent. He can make a jump shot and he's just tough. He's a tough player and your team becomes instantly tougher with him on the team. He doesn't take shit from anybody. And I think you add that to a team that has a superstar, Marcus Morris is going to back your superstar up and you need that when the playoffs come. So watch out for Marcus Morris. He might be, uh, getting moved by the New York Knicks. Um, Hopefully he does go somewhere because I would hate to see a talented player like that rot on the New York Knicks and their organization because they are horrible. May I repeat, the Knicks are horrible. And until Dolan sells the team, the Knicks will continue to be horrible. And I have hope that he will do something or he will just remove himself from that organization because he and he alone is the reason that the Knicks are horrible. I'm sorry, I just had to go on a rant about the New York Knicks, but I feel like it was warranted because Dolan is a horrible owner, and he is the reason that the Knicks have been failing for the past 20, 30 plus years. Um, sorry, I had to go on that rant, but I thought it was important, especially for the Knicks fans out there that are listening to this podcast. I'm not going to talk about your team that much, so I figured I'd give you my thoughts on them because they're trash. And they will continue to be trashed until James Olin sells the team. Now that you've heard my (laughs) somewhat rant about the Knicks, let's get on to a much tamer and calmer subject. The NBA All-Star Game voting, the fan voting. It has come in. Um, We've gone through our second round of fan voting. And no surprise, LeBron James is at the top of the West. Uh, Luka is second behind him. And then the East, Giannis Antetokounmpo is first. And Joel Embiid is second in all-star voting. Um, those are some typical names. But I do want to take this time to... I don't want to shit on the fans voting. But I do want to make a comment about two players in particular that have found themselves in the top 10 in fan voting. Uh, in particular, Alex Caruso and Taco Fall. Now, watching the Lakers, Alex Caruso is entertaining, I'm not going to lie. Uh, white boy that's balding and he's dunking. Uh, it's always cool to see and Taco Fall when he comes in, he's just what is he, 7-6, could dunk the ball standing up. Um but they do not deserve <laughs> to be in the same conversation. As these all-stars that are listed here. And people may think it's funny and it's, and it's cool and we're the fans so whatever the fans decide is what it should be. Not in this case. Because there are talented players that have put the time and energy and the work in to be where they are. And the fact that the fans are voting simply off of popularity and instead of hooping ability it kind of bothers me because we see the type of work that players like a Donovan Mitchell or a Devin Booker or even John Morant, those type of players have put in all for Alex Caruso to be ahead of them in fan voting or even a Bam Adebayo, um, a Zach Levine. um, Who's another player? A Bradley Beal. Those players have less fan votes than Taco Fall. Taco Fall barely plays 5 minutes per game. <laughs> Alex Caruso, he's he's good, but he's not better than Donovan Mitchell. He's not better than Devin Booker. Alex Caruso has 528,000 fan votes. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has 449,000. Brandon Ingram who's been balling, has 444,000 fan votes, and Alex Caruso has more than him. It's insane. It is truly insane. And those are the two outliers. And thankfully, fan votes don't account for all of the votes as far as the All-Star game goes. Obviously, you have the players and coaches poll that is included. But thankfully, that's the case because I would hate to see Alex Caruso in the all-star game over a Donovan Mitchell or a Devin Booker or even a Brandon Ingram I would hate to see it Alex Caruso has more votes than Carmelo Anthony (laughs) Carmelo does not deserve that (laughs) if people keep talking shit about Carmelo Carmelo does not deserve to have Alex Caruso ahead of him in all-star voting that's just how I feel about the subject uh as far as the other uh players goes Luka Doncic should be an all-star He's been balling out of his mind. Uh, Jokic should be an all-star. I mean, your typical guys, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, they're at the top. KP has been balling lately. He should be an all-star as well. I think, and John Morant is 10th in guards on the West. So, players like that who we've seen playing very well throughout the season, those people should be getting the votes. Um, Fans are going to be fans. I understand that, but still. It's like, come on, bro. Taco Fall has more votes than Bradley Beal. He has more votes than Ben Simmons. <laughs> we all know how I feel about Ben Simmons, but still, Ben Simmons is an all-star. Taco Fall is not an all-star. And that's how it should be, in my opinion. And this all-star game is in uh Chicago, since Chicago this year. I want to see Derrick Rose uh, start in this game. We all know that he's a Chicago guy played for the bulls for many years and the way he's been playing he's been playing very well i would love to see him start in this game uh kyrie's been hurt trey young is probably going to be the starting point guard for the east but i would love to see derrick rose uh play in this game either he doesn't have to start but if he's coming off the bench i would love to see that that moment for him in chicago that would be powerful I I would love to see that. I believe he's in um, in the skills competition. I'm not sure if, I mean, he does have handles and he is a guard. He's quick. So maybe he could win that. But I would love to see him on Sunday night playing in that game for sure. So as somewhat of a finale to this episode, I thought it was only right to talk about the recent episode of First Take where Stephen A. Smith kind of dropped a bomb that we all knew and we all felt, but it was finally said. He spoke about LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, and he reported that some reliable source close to Kawhi Leonard said that Kawhi has made comments saying, Somebody tell LeBron stop being scared to guard me. And when I heard it, I busted out laughing. <laughs> I busted out laughing. Um, Do I think Kawhi said that? I don't know. Kawhi seems like the cool, calm, collected guy not to talk shit. But it's always those quiet people that talk the most shit. <laughs> so I could definitely see Kawhi talking to people that he's comfortable with saying, yo, that dude cannot guard me, and I don't know why he's scared to. He need to come get this work. I could definitely see Kawhi saying that behind closed doors. How did Stephen A. get that information? I have no idea. They're journalists. They have connections. They Stephen A. talks the most out of any <laughs> sports casual I've ever seen in my life. So I could definitely see Stephen A. getting some information like that. I saw Lou Williams on Twitter uh, just come out and say, that's Cap. <laughs> Lou Williams, is he's the man. If you know Lou Williams and you know what he's about, he's a real one for sure. So I believe Lou Williams when he says that's Cap. Um, I want to talk about Kyle Kuzma's trainer alluding to that same thing. In the IG post saying that LeBron is scared to guard him. In which Kuz retweeted and added the comment, call a spade a spade. <laughs> so this isn't a new thing hearing people within the league say LeBron is scared to guard Kawhi. It's been going on for years, actually. Um, and I think it started when Kawhi beat Miami in, I want to say, 2014? yeah. Uh, San Antonio just went to work on Miami that year. And that's what kind of ended the LeBron and Miami Heat uh, era. But yeah, since then, Kawhi has just been a different animal. And to be honest, to be completely honest, watching the Lakers-Clippers games, I could see why Kawhi would say that. Obviously, LeBron, I don't think LeBron should be guarding Kawhi 48 minutes in a regular season game just because LeBron has so much responsibility that if he's running around chasing Kawhi Leonard all night, he's going to get tired because Kawhi is a lot to deal with. He really is a lot to deal with. But at the end of the game, when the game is on the line, last three to four minutes, I want to see LeBron and Kawhi go at it. And the last two games that we've seen between the Lakers and the Clippers, LeBron has shied away from that moment. So I could definitely see why people around the league are saying that LeBron just doesn't want that problem with Kawhi Leonard. I can see it. I can see it. And it's and it hurts to say, but LeBron does LeBron does not want that problem with Kawhi Leonard. And <laughs> it's crazy because LeBron is the guy. But Kawhi is just, you can't get to Kawhi. You can't, you really can't get to him. If he wants to get his shot, he's going to get it. And he just has a straight face the whole time. And it's somewhat intimidating. I could see someone being intimidated by just a straight-faced assassin just going at you. Kawhi Leonard reminds me of the Michael Myers mask. His face doesn't change. He could dunk the ball hit a game winner his face does not change he is still <laughs> straight faced no emotion okay cool i just i just dunked the ball and i just hit a game winner over Joel Embiid the same face <laughs> his face doesn't change and lebron is looking at this guy like i can't get to him i don't i can't get him off his game i don't know what to do it's, it's crazy to see, and in the Western Conference Finals, it's going to come down to whether LeBron steps up and accepts that challenge and takes it head on and shows us why he's arguably the best player that we've ever seen play the game. Or he could just fade away and take a step back and just let Kawhi keep doing what he's doing, because Kawhi has been busting his ass <laughs> for a minute now. I love LeBron, but Kawhi has been busting his ass. Like, in that last Clippers-Lakers game, Kawhi was, came down late in the fourth and just hit two threes back-to-back, back. just bang. And LeBron had nothing for him. LeBron had nothing for him. I saw LeBron on the other side of the court when Kawhi had the ball. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you go guard that man. What did Mitch say in paid in full? You got to go see that man. <laughs> Go see that man. He is busting your ass. (laughs) You got to go see that man. I just wish LeBron... I mean, this is a regular season game, of course. But I wish for games like that, LeBron would just get hype and take on that challenge. These are jokes, by the way. (laughs) These are jokes. Obviously, LeBron is nice. If you're a Hooper, you know Bron. Bron's a bucket. Bron could do whatever he wants. But... He still gotta go see that man, cause Kawhi is (laughs) Kawhi playing like this shit don't even matter, and I'm still busting ass. Like (laughs) that's what it feels like watching these Clipper games over the course of the season. He's getting ready for the finals. (laughs) That's what he's focused on. He said, "I'm gonna give y'all light thirty. I'll give you twenty. We'll get the W." But I am focused on these playoffs and these finals. (laughs) And I'm still busting ass. Like, that's what it that's what it's like watching Kawhi Leonard. And that's kind of scary. Cause he's not even playing a uh, full tilt and he's he's going to work. So if I were LeBron, I would make note of that. And the next time I play Kawhi, I'm doing what I can to win that game. I'm guarding him. I am seeing that man. I'll play him the whole night. Just that's where my energy would be, especially with this talk going around. Now, nah, I got to shut that shit down for sure. And that's what my mentality would be if I was Bron in this situation. That was episode four of the Small Town Hoopers podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. Um, I truly do appreciate it. Uh, I love talking about the game of basketball, and this is what we do. I'm starting the Disco Hoop movement uh, for 2020, and hooping can mean anything involving basketball. If you watch it, if you play it, if you on the video game playing 2K, anything that keeps you connected to the game of basketball, that is what I call a hooper. So we're going to start this movement in 2020, Just Go Hoop. Um, I have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, This month, we're actually going to be starting to do some giveaways. Um, If I hit a couple metrics uh, on the listener count and the follower page, uh, the Small Town Hoopers follower um, page on Instagram, I'm going to start doing some giveaways. I'm going to give away some hats. I'm going to give away some jerseys. And if we do hit the mark that I want, I'm going to give away some AirPods. Yes, we are going to give away some AirPods. We're going to give away some jerseys. We're going to give away some hats. Um, So just stay tuned for that. Uh, follow me at Small Town Hoopers on Instagram, St Hoopers on Twitter. Uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, you got some questions for the podcast, you want to hear certain topics, please let me know. Uh, I'm here for you guys. I'm here for the fans. I'm here for the Hoopers. Um, so just go hoop. Uh, this has been episode four of the Small Town Hoopers podcast. Again, thank you so much. I truly do appreciate it. And until next time, it's Ben from the Small Town Hoopers podcast.